Welcome to Level with Emily Reese. This is music by Leonard J. Paul for the movie Beep, a documentary history of game sound. I can't stress enough how much I love this score and how much I love the amount of care and time and craftsmanship Leonard put into composing it. He and I talk about that extensively, and we talk about another film he did called The Corporation, also the game Retro City Rampage. Leonard composed for that under his moniker Freaky DNA. He also runs the School of Video Game Audio Online, a resource for people all over the world who want to learn more about game audio. Lots of stuff in today's show, and we start off by talking about Beep. The Beat Movie is a documentary. It was uh, launched on Kickstarter so that we wanted to basically get financing and emotional support, I guess, also from uh, people (laughs) that were interested in the topic. So it's a documentary history of uh, video game audio, and it looks into primarily the people that were and are making sound for video games, and it's sort of like this sort of hidden art that not a lot of people know about. And so Karen Collins, the director, really wanted to shed some light on that and look at the people's, not just their work, but then also the people's lives as well and really bring that together so that people could have a real introduction to to understand that, well, with video games, it's not like you just hook up the sound. Like, it's this mm-hmm. huge process that's really detailed, and the, there's so much work that goes into m- the music. And, of course, you know, anytime you bring up video game music, it's the typical, oh, you mean like Pac-Man or something. It's like, yeah. well, I mean, you know, <laughs> we've had a few years since Pac-Man, and so <laughs> it was really an educational thing that we wanted to look at and uh, shed some light on that so that people could see a little bit behind the scenes and then also get a a feel of the personality and the types of people that are putting together sort of those really memorable uh, soundtracks, uh, sound design, and also uh, like voices for video games. You were uh, with the organization, you were kind of trying to get this off the ground from the very beginning. So you were part of the Kickstarter and all of that, right? Yeah, that's right. Yeah, Karen and I are, you know, we're good friends. And so I've worked on a couple book chapters with her. She's, uh, you know, uh, puts a lot of academic sort of papers and stuff together as well as books. And so, yeah, we just work really well together. So, yeah, I was really happy that she asked me to to do the the music for it because I actually hadn't done like a movie soundtrack in like basically like 10 years since I've oh, worked wow. on the, Yeah, I worked on this film called The Corporation that did really well here in Canada, but I just haven't really come back around to that. So, yeah, I've been working with Beep for uh yeah, 2 years now and it's been it's been lots of fun. I did a lot of research on uh, the way that I wanted to do the music, and uh, it definitely took a lot of turns <laughs> throughout those two years. <laughs> was it an obvious choice to go with the chiptune sounds, or was there like how much uh, difficulty was it to decide on a sound for the documentary? Yeah, it took me longer than I thought because I had had experience with working with uh, Retro City Rampage, which is sort of uh, NES style, so that's Nintendo yep. Entertainment System style. And that's uh, two pulse waves, triangle wave, a noise channel, and then a really sort of low-resolution sampled sound channel. Mm-hmm. And so I sort of learned how to compose in that 
manner. But the thing is that it took me so long to do that, like to like to figure it out. It's basically like figuring out how to uh, play a new instrument and compose a sure. new, for a new instrument as well. So then, like, I really actually wanted to do some work with the Commodore 64. I've that's a real uh, I've got a warm spot for the uh, the, the Commodore, and uh, <laughs> I wanted to to produce some pieces for that. But then I found that it was just taking me a lot of time to produce any material for it, and I also found that chiptune stuff it's very hard to make it fit behind dialogue. It has so many edges to it. It's full frequency and it tends to be quite percussive and short and, and it can be a really hard to, to just spectrally fit behind uh, dialogue. So I found mm. that even when I was trying to compose stuff that was sort of more minimal and more sort of stretched out and just where the, the time scale was a little bit sort of smoother and the tempo was slower and and it wasn't so so many sort of discontinuous jumps i found that uh yeah chiptune it it just didn't seem like a fit after a while so the chiptune that does mm -hmm. appear in the film it's stuff that uh, i had basically done before and, and so we licensed that and then uh, of course there's other stuff that gets synced up with the video game footage as well mentioned that you had done a documentary before, and it was really successful, and I'm going to ask you just a couple questions about it later, but uh, the point is this wasn't new territory for you, and since Beep is about game audio, did that change the approach for the music, you know, other than the sound of it in, in any way? <laughs> I guess, I mean, it sounds a little bit strange, but I mean, I, I guess it sort of like put a little bit of the fear in me, because... <laughs> <laughs> I mean, like trying to compose music behind sort of one's heroes and heroines and, you know, all these people that have done such amazing work is, it's really daunting. And I'll say that that also was a little bit of the motivation that I had when I was working on Retro City Rampage, because the two other composers, uh, Vert being Jake Kaufman, and then mm -hmm. also uh, Norrin Rad or Matt Kramer, they were both really super fluent in chiptune, especially that particular sound. I'd say that they're both probably one of the top 10 composers of that kind of genre. Mm -hmm. And so it was really, yeah, it took me a lot of time to, to get to a point where I felt like I was at least presenting something that was that could stand beside them, not necessarily, you know, like compete. It was just a, a thing where it, it was it felt like it fit. As far as producing uh, music for Beep, I sort of took a bit of a different approach. I did think of doing stuff that was sort of more video game, like where it's the sound of the actual chips and stuff, like the chiptune, mm -hmm. but also the compositional style of sort of that classic age of uh, game audio. But when I really dug into things, I found that I was getting more of a connection with the human side of things, and if I sort of took a step back 
and then sort of thought like, well, what about if I was inspired by the kind of music that they might have been inspired by, like the kind of music that was happening at the time, where they were trying to reflect that in their scores, but because of the limited hardware, it was kind of hard to do that. So mm-hmm. I looked at sort of more analog or modular synth era stuff, and that was really where I found sort of like a, a footing that I could really dig into for the score for beat. Most of the pieces are done where there's a few patterns that I define. So I sort of used a 16 by 16 matrix sequencer, which basically means there's 16 different steps. And then at each one of those steps, it can kind of do chords or like single notes within those sort of, you know, 16 values kind cool. of thing. Yeah. And then I just feed that into a different sense. Uh, almost the entire album is all synthesis. And I also did... The synthesizers, a lot of them I've I've sort of taken from another person that works in Pure Data, but then I've sort of customized those to make it so that it really fits with the songs. So every song is actually its own sort of like living patch. So it's not like, yeah, it's not like they're... Um, like say in Ableton Live or something where you've sort of got your typical kind of like channel strips and all that kind of stuff. It's like I build each one of these ones from sort of from scratch. They're, they definitely like I would use templates and stuff, but some of them are quite different between each other. The whole soundtrack is dedicated to my mom because I was, she passed while I was working on the soundtrack and, and I wanted to create uh, music that I felt that she would like to listen to and also when you have an event like that it's sort of like she was really in my thoughts and Mm -hmm. and also just within that time period of like the classic video game era that was definitely like you know when you have lots of mom memories and dad memories (laughs) so that's what the inspiration for a lot of the songs is so there's a song called karen originals where she uh she was an artisan or an artist and so she would make stuff like silk blouses and and like (laughs) like wool blankets and all these kind of things because you know she was a super creative person so I found that with this one there's a filter that really opens up in that and it just has this really sort of light sort of ascending kind of like just opening up feeling and I find every time that I listen to that it's just sort of it was meant to sort of embody kind of creativity and and that feeling that you know you you create something and then you you lift it and then you let it go and then it it goes to somebody and you know you sort of share things that way. There's one called Ankylosaurus uh, almonds. <laughs> yeah. 
And that one is uh, when I was a kid, I would always get like for a recess, you know, like whatever that break before lunchtime, I would get without fail for years and years. She was always a health food nut. And so literally okay. she would give me like almonds and raisins and a tinfoil wrapper. Yeah. So then I just combined that with Ankylosaurus because I loved dinosaurs. And so that was kind of how I crammed those two together in a little alliterative kind of tag. Nice. And all of that stuff in, the, in that particular one is all done using uh, Euclidean rhythms and sort of chance processes. So that one uh, is sort of a little bit of a different flavor than the other ones because the other ones use more where I'm I'm sort of working off a predefined pitch set for Mm -hmm. the patterns and stuff. Oh, there's Dave's Atari, which was referenced to my friend Dave, who had a 2600. All the pitches in that are from the original 2600, because it only had 32 different pitches that weren't actually aligned to the pitch scale. Wow. Like, you know, like equitemperament. So mm-hmm, I spent mm-hmm. a lot of time trying to figure out like, oh, I could compose something and then there'll be some some notes that are sharp and some notes that are really flat. And I was just <laughs> like, no, let's just use this thing that's totally out of key. And so I, <laughs> I figured out a process to sort of, and it sounds super cartoony and stuff. So. There's a couple of chiptune ones on there. Basically, it's just one song, but it's a remix as well. So that's the half step in one, and that is under my moniker, Freaky DNA. That one was composed for uh, Retro City Rampage, and that one is uh, its just funky, and it uses those uh, two pulse waves, triangle wave, noise wave, and then the sampled sound channel. And that gets used in the film to show how basically the different oscillators within a chip would be used in a typical video game so that people can hear like, oh, that's a pulse wave, and then they hear the pulse wave line and stuff like that. Galaxies is nice because it's just sort of that one's more of a cello piece, so it's it's got a lot of electronics underneath, stays pretty constant, but then that was really a place that uh, Peggy could really shine on on doing a really nice improvised lead over top.
the album art is one that I actually did on the Commodore Amiga when I was like 13 or 16 years old. I don't actually remember. I went through all my old Amiga stuff and I came across all these drawings that I had done. And it's I just think it's neat that there's one that sort of actually fit what I wanted to represent with the soundtrack, where it's sort of that combination of the analog and sort of the more human combined with the more technological side of things and how those can really come together to really create something that's really special. Each one of the songs for Beep because it's procedural music, they actually play slightly differently each time. Oh, cool. It's really interesting to work on the score because it's kind of like being a gardener where you plant seeds. And so that's what I do with using patterns and like little riffs and phrases and like, you know, rhythmic elements. And I did a lot of like, uh, I guess, polyrhythms and sort of odd meters. And yes. Also used some other sort of electroacoustic kind of compositional things uh, like uh, used... Uh, It's called Euclidean rhythms. It's kind of like a way to get rhythms that kind of repeat in a in a way that sounds sort of like it makes sense, but it's also there's enough flexibility that it it gives a nice sort of you know breathing room to it. And so, like a lot of the pieces uh, use different techniques like that to really work off the seeds of the little phrases and stuff that I give them, and then it comes back and it comes back with like different stuff every time. So it was actually hard to it was hard to record the album because I. I would start one and then I'm just like, oh, that sounds great. And then it would go and do something. And I'm like, no, no, no. And I I didn't want to do any edits. So all the music on the on the soundtrack for Beep is all it's all hands free. So I basically just press play. And so one of the things that I found was the most difficult over the last six months or so for when this the actual film was done. You know, I had performed the scores by hand, basically, like, you know, using different switches and like listening to it and mixing it live. But then for the soundtrack, I wanted the computer to do all that stuff. So, yeah, I had to figure out how my own compositional and mixing process and figured out how to distill that down and get the computer to do that. And I did want to ask you about The Corporation, which was the documentary you scored uh, a few years back. I absolutely Mm -hmm. love that music. So tell me a little bit about that. The way that I got sort of wind of it is that a friend of mine, she was doing the um, voiceover for it. And so she was just like, oh, you got to like, you know, get on this project. It'll be super fun. And, you know, it's probably going to go somewhere because the director, Mark Akbar, had previously done manufacturing consent which i really loved i'm pretty Mm -hmm. pretty lefty but uh you know (laughs) i just thought that that was it's just sort of very sort of you know with noam chomsky it's a very academic sort of look at uh sort of the current state of things from a you know just a world functional perspective about how how the world works Mm -hmm. and so with the corporation i was just like this this is really down my alley like 
the idea of just making, hopefully making people more aware of how much control over our lives that uh, corporations actually do have. It's just a, it's a, it's a burning topic that I'd love to be a part of. So basically what I did is I just flooded the director with CDs of my music and even stuff that I had (laughs) worked with, with other people. I think I sent him like seven CDs in total of just like, you know, bits and pieces. And then eventually I think I just sort of wore them down and, uh, Yeah, it was a really amazing project to be. That was like my first real film. I mean, I I've been composing for a while, but yeah, that was uh, definitely. Uh, I was very lucky and yeah, very fortunate to be chosen to work on that. corporation i did a lot of stuff with uh, granulation of sound and for me i really like that uh suspension that that style of uh like that the way of composing with uh really sort of micro uh bits of music and sound and Mm -hmm. sort of just that texture i wanted to underscore it so that it basically creates a space where it sort of almost makes a sense of suspension of the the material that's being presented rather than being underscoring and going like, Oh, this is bad. And Oh, this is bad too. And Oh, everything's, you know, you know, it's, we're never going to get out of this kind of like, you know, cause the, the watching it, I do have people like, it is pretty, it's a long movie and it's also like, it can be quite depressing. So, but I, I felt that I wanted to give people their own space to make their own decisions. me a little bit about your background and you know I know you've been doing music for a very long time so talk to me about how that unfolded for you <laughs> probably like a lot of composers you've you've talked to I mean I've been doing music and thinking about sound and that kind of stuff since as long as I can remember, um, I started out playing an instrument in jazz band in high school, and I uh, had a four-track Atascam like MIDI studio that I had with a friend, and that was sort of our way that we stayed sane through high school. <laughs> we would sort of call <laughs> call each other at eleven o'clock every Saturday morning. It's just like, okay, what are you doing? Nothing. Okay, what are you doing? Nothing. Okay, let's do some music. So, nice. I mean, yeah, exactly. That's how I got my sort of you know real start in uh, production and he would play guitar and sing and do a lot of the songwriting and then I would do basically everything else. And uh, yeah, it was just so much fun to create stuff. And our band was called uh, Mr. Mustard. (laughs) (laughs) So it's uh, it's a reference to the Beatles song, Mean Mr. Mustard. Mean Mr. Mustard sleeps in the dark, shaves in the dark, trying to save paper. 
mean, that's kind of where I, I got started with stuff. And then uh, in university, I got started with, uh, yeah, electroacoustics, which was really interesting and just opened up a huge world of possibilities for me. So back when in those days, you know, we we're still working with like sound designer where it was like if you were mixing multiple digital audio tracks, you would have it would be like you'd press the button and then wait for it to mix, you know? Yeah. So, yeah, I did electroacoustics. And then since then, I uh, did a lot of work with uh, modern dance like at the university and I also did work for theater and then yeah I sort of uh, did uh, some stuff for video games after a while but I've also sort of shifted a little bit more into education too so that's what I've been doing the last mm, I guess uh, since 2012 with my uh, school of video game audio so then now I'm sort of moved into helping others and I still do projects from time to time so obviously Retro City Rampage I'm continuing yeah. with the the newest one uh Shake Shakedown Hawaii and uh Cool. Yeah, I'm, I want to keep doing uh, composing. I really love it. It's not the greatest way to make money, but um, <laughs> it's, uh, it's so much fun. And do tell me just a little bit about the school. Yeah, the School of Video Game Audio is an online school. So I basically have it as a forum to allow me to help out people from all around the world. So I've had uh, hundreds of people from over 40 different countries sign up over wow. the last like three years or so. Um, we've had some students that have gone on to make some really you know great, like you know, be audio directors and work on some really great games. Yeah, and it's just super exciting to meet people that you've, you know, <laughs> that you've met online, but then when you meet them in person, say, like the Game Developer Conference or mm -hmm. wherever else it is, it's just, it's neat to have that uh, personal connection and uh, feel like that you were able to help someone at a time that they needed the help, and then, you know, mm -hmm. then they go on and do their own thing. So mm -hmm. I really love education for that. It just, it's a great way to sort of, you know, just sort of share what it is to be human and your knowledge and, and to, yeah, just provide support and guidance for people as they're on their own paths towards uh, really fulfilling their dreams. Well, thanks again for all your time today. Yeah, cool. Well, yeah, thanks to you too. You can learn more about Leonard J. Paul at videogameaudio.com. Thanks for listening to episode 42 of Level with Emily Reese. You can learn how to help us out financially at patreon.com slash level. I'm Emily Reese. Sam Keenan is our producer. Say hi, Sam. Hi. You can follow us on Twitter and Facebook at Level with Emily. And learn more about Sam and me at june-media.com. Remember, June is J-O-O-N. <laughs> <laughs>